What's up, Gator Nation? Welcome into the Gators Online Show. Zach Albaverde and Nick Del Torre, and we have a fall camp to recap as we are done with practices and it is time for game week. Nick, how are you doing, my friend? Doing well, doing well. We're enjoying after uh, grinding during camp. Felt like we yep. were in camp with this three days on, one day off schedule. And that day off isn't really off for us. Uh, enjoying uh, no media until Friday. You and I kind of just pumping out stories that we didn't have time to do and getting ready for Utah. This time next week, you and I will be Salt Lake City bound. Mm, 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 that sounds good. Yeah, we have a. Uh... We've changed up this show schedule a little bit to uh, account for that. So we're having this show today on Tuesday. We will have another show next week on Tuesday to preview the season opener against Utah. And then after that, we'll get back to our reg regularly scheduled programming, which is on Friday. Um, but if you've been subscribed to the Gators Online uh, YouTube channel, you've been seeing that we've got a lot more videos coming out recently than just the Gators Online show. So make sure that you guys are subscribed. You're following along to all these videos that we're putting out, and you're definitely subscribed to Gators Online as well. You can get yourself in the door for just a dollar right now to read all of our coverage from the season. Nick's thoughts, predictions. We'll see how our record pans out this year. I'm going to say I, I, I was 9-4 and four I, last year. I was second to last, um, but I picked the Gators to win a lot. So, like, the negative Nick false narrative that's out there, Zach, <laughs> the false narrative. Um, you were positive and they let you down. I was positive and they let me down. So, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not going to give away any of my picks. I do have some surprises uh, in store for my picks this year. Uh, might have to get that segment sponsored because it's going to be a banger. Oh, all right. <laughs> Say less. We're ready Nick's for that. picks. Nick's picks. Oh. Nick picks. Wow, be careful with that. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, we're going to get to some uh, superlatives today from fall camp. We are going to give you guys our offensive and defensive MVP. We're going to give you our offensive and defensive breakout players. We're going to name our top freshmen that we saw from fall camp, and we will also get into the most improved players on the roster as well. So make sure that you guys stay tuned for all of that on today's episode, which is brought to you by Bird Dogs. And if you see Nick's hat, uh, that is what you will get if you go to birddogs.com and use our promo code GATERS to get that free hat with your purchase. And if you go to birddogs.com, they don't just have hats. They've got that nice shirt that Nick's got on that I was wearing yesterday in a video. Um, it is elite. I, I, I would take as many as I could get. Um, as well as the shorts. The shorts are fantastic. Uh, the stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and give you a truly sculpted look. Uh, they do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better uh, than regular shorts. And they're made with uh, uh, that are made with stiff, restricting cotton. Uh, Bird Dogs fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches to get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. So uh, they become a favorite of mine. I use them uh, to go out and cover practice. Uh, I can also, you know, they're stylish enough that I can wear them out to dinner as well. So 
uh, definitely encourage you encourage you guys to go to birddogs.com and make sure that you use the promo code Gators to get that hat that Nick has on his head. Let me tell you, I everyone knows I'm a big Lululemon guy. The bird dog shorts, you've seen them, Zach. They've been in a heavy rotation for me out there in fall camp. Light, stretchy, uh, built-in boxers for you. Uh, and then this hat has been glued to my head. Lightweight, breathable. Um, I, I was just telling Zach, if it gets dirty, I think I can just throw it in the wash. But uh, bird dogs converted me. Big Lululemon guy. Bird dogs has converted me. I, w- I was even I had even had the khaki shorts on when I was out there uh, draining them from three at the facility. Zach, that we... was that was tough to watch. It was a it was a, the uh, first one was the first the first uh, try. My second go around, I, I, I knocked mm, some down. Tough. <laughs> uh, well, it, you will not feel tough <laughs> if you get some uh, bird dog shorts. So make sure you guys go check those out. Um, all right, we got some superlatives to get into before we get into that, Nick. What is just your overall feeling about this team coming out of fall camp? I think I feel better about this team. Um, There's some glaring spots that that we can talk about, but I think I feel better about this team now than I did in the spring. Um, That doesn't mean I wouldn't predict them to go 10-2, but I feel better about Graham Mertz. You know, uh, our message board loves to go back to when I said he'd be fine. Um, maybe, maybe I'll go find plus at this point. Um, but I feel better about the Gators as they head into the season, uh, than I did in the spring. Yeah. And I, I think too, that, you know, obviously one thing that everybody wants to see, uh, number one is the quarterback position, but number sure. two is the defense. Um, you know, I, it, it's, it was really unfortunate, uh, to see justice Boone go down because I think that as much as we, had heard about how much the the front seven had improved for Florida. I mm-hmm. think that he was a big part of that. Yeah. Um, so so losing him is you know it had the potential to be catastrophic. Um, I think that for the Gators and, and you know we'll get into one of these guys here, but to have as much depth as they do at the edge position mm-hmm. and the amount of young talent that they do, and then to have a guy like Tyreek Sapp who was just kind of waiting in the wings and had the ability to move like that. Um, Florida was fortunate that they were They seem to have been able to withstand the loss of Justice Boone, and and that's something that Billy talked about in his final presser. When I asked him, he feels like they're going to be okay there, and um, I think that uh, make they need to be more than okay at quarterback, maybe just fine. It uh, <laughs> it <laughs> I think Justice Boone's injury would have been catastrophic to Florida last year, um, and that's a credit to. Billy Napier, uh, Coach Chaos, and, and the, everyone on the recruiting staff yeah. for going into the portal. Uh, shout out to Bird Cheryl for going into the per- portal and getting Caleb Banks and getting Cam Jackson for two years ago, getting Chris McClellan on the field, for getting Des Watson a ton of reps and experience last year. Last season, if you lose a player like Justice Boone, um, that would have been catastrophic to the defensive yeah. line. And we're talking about a defensive line that had – Two, three hundred, four hundred pounders play more than eleven hundred snaps uh, in Desmond Watson and Gervon Dexter. Like there was just no depth. Um, so when fans were yelling at Gervon Dexter for loafing in the fourth quarter against Utah, my guy, that was his seventieth snap of the game. He's a little tired. Uh, he's a, he's a little tired to chase down Cam Rising from the opposite side of the field. 
uh, you've got a position group now at Florida where you're comfortable with five guys, six guys uh, on the edge or inside a defensive tackle. So you're not at Georgia yet where like last year, Zach, we were in, in Jacksonville and it was almost like a hockey line change. Like Kirby would like blow a whistle and then five guys, four guys would run off the field and four or five stars would run onto it. You're not <laughs> there yet, but you're not in the dire position you were last season. No doubt. No doubt. Um, we're going to first get into offensive and defensive MVPs. We're going to just pick one guy on both sides of the ball. Um, I think I know where Nick is going to go, but I'm going to give him the first picks. So let's see what you got, Nicholas. Who is your offensive and defensive MVP from fall camp? Okay, on offense, I'm going to steal two because I don't think that there is a big distinction between Trevor Etienne and Montrell Harris. So I'm going to take Johnson. What did I say? Harris? Montrell Harris. Montrell Harris. Najee Harris? I don't know. I don't know. Montrell Johnson. Uh, so ETN and Johnson, I think that's 1A, 1B, maybe just one if you put them together. Yeah. Um, I think when you see the breakdown, when we look at the carries, total carries, if both guys stay healthy, when we look at that uh, after my birthday, November 26th, when Florida State game, when the Florida State game is done, I don't think you'll see more than 20, 20 carries you know, difference between them. Uh, so I think those guys are the ones that will – be the focal point of the offense. Floors, no, no mistake about it, is going to try to run the football. Um, so I'm going to go with those two as my offensive MVP. Uh, and then on defense, I'm going to go with, I think I'm between two, but I'm going to go with Trahaja Mitchell. Um, and, I like and I it. think, And I think Trahaja is a guy who immediately fills the void left by Ventrell Miller. I think you'll get the same kind of production. I don't know that he's going to be much different in terms of covering Brant Keithy on September 31st uh, that Montreal was or, or Amari, Amari Bernie was. I think you might try to scheme Shamar into that more than you would uh, Trahaja. But this is a guy who stepped in right away and despite being new, was a vocal leader. Um, mm-hmm. He's like Steven Spielberg out there at middle linebacker. He is directing all of the action that happens on defense. Uh, and, and I get that he's a six-year guy, and you kind of expect that from a veteran, but he is in a new place. Uh, mm-hmm. So in terms of offensive and defensive MVPs, I think I've already taken it from you. Uh, so good luck uh, and, and no duplicates, Zach. Um, I, know, I, I know where I'm going. I don't have to go far. Uh, but I do want to encourage uh, – Florida fans to go check out a uh, story on Gators online on Nick's defensive MVP pick uh, to Roger Mitchell, who um, had some interesting comments about his time with urban Meyer and his relationship with him now. And most interestingly, what urban had to say about his consideration of uh, going to Florida as a transfer option. And uh, you know what he had to say about that destination. So definitely uh, encourage you guys to go, um, check out that story. Had a chance to uh, chat with Taraja uh, right as the Swamp Kings documentary is coming out. So um, he's looking forward to seeing his uh, his former coach. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it as well because unlike Nick, I've not seen it yet. Um, so, um, But if you've been on Gators Online, you know what's coming because uh, mm-hmm. Nick had uh, two uh, preview stories uh, on our I site. Had to do a, I had to do a no-spoiler story. 
Um, but then there were just some stories that like got my blood pumping. So I had to share those. So that was, uh, you know, came with a spoiler alert. We have, we got straight transcriptions um, and Brandon Siler, I will say Brandon Siler stole the show in episode one, uh, four episodes, 45 minutes each carve out, uh, you know, about three and a half, four hours of your day uh, and grab some popcorn. Cause it's, it's something that Gator fans are, are truly going to enjoy. I will be, I'll be checking it out. Uh, on Tuesday night, definitely looking forward to to watching that. Now that I've uh, signed up for Netflix again, <laughs> um, my offensive MVP and my defensive MVP both wear the same number. And on offense, Sounds like I'm going number one. On offense, I'm going with Ricky Pearsall. Um, you know, he's obviously coming back as one of Florida's top returners but took his game to another level in fall camp. According to folks that we talked to, what we were able to see in just a little bit of, uh, although we didn't get to see him at the open practice. Um, so he wasn't out there for that, but the the guy has been uncoverable in camp. According to people that have watched him, he looks like an all sec receiver. He came back for a reason and that was to expand his game. That was to be more than just a slot receiver, but to play outside, to be on the field, no matter what the formation is, no matter what he's asked to do at receiver, and then also uh, be a punt returner or Florida's punt returner. Uh, so he's an offensive MVP, but he's also going to make an impact on special teams as well. So uh, my guy is, is Ricky Pearsall. And then the new number one on defense, uh, Princely Uman Mielin, absolutely nailed it has nailed uh it. Has, has yes i did um absolutely has taken his game to another level i wrote about that this week at gators online about how a new look princely uman mielin is poised for a breakout season and uh, a lot of newness to him this year right he's wearing a new number he's playing a new position he's playing at a new weight um, and most importantly, as I wrote, he's practicing with a new mindset and he credited uh, his former position coach, Sean Spencer, for kind of changing his practice mindset and changing his practice habits. And then he's credited his new position coach, um, Mike Peterson, for kind of enhancing that and, and continuing to keep his mind right, not let some of the hype go to his head. You know, Pro Football Focus graded him as the top um uh, returning SEC edge rusher for 2023 with a grade of 82.1. You know, Princely and Pearsall are actually the highest graded returning players on Florida's roster, according to uh, PFF. So um, didn't have to go too far for my MVP picks. Um, but, you know, I, I think that, it, you know, Princely's also done a really good job because he made that position change of changing his body. And adding nine pounds in the offseason, uh, but maxing out in all of his lifts, all of his uh, bench squat. Uh, Napier said that he improved his speed. He gained 10 pounds of lean muscle, and he lost seven pounds of fat mass. So, uh, And how did he do it, Nick? Do you remember? Uh, pescatarian diet. Yeah, he gave him that candy, baby. Oh, uh, wait, no. Justice Boone was pescatarian or Princey was? I don't know. All I know is that Princely gave up uh, rips, licorice, and rips. other uh, <laughs> and other uh, sweets. That he said he had a sweet tooth. 
I think Justice Boom is the one that cut out the red meat. Went, went I think that was, you know, that is, you are correct on that. You are correct on that, which in Justice looked incredible as well um, with how he transformed his body. But I, you know, when you talk to Princely's teammates, every single guy just raves about how he's looked this year in spring camp and fall camp. I really think fall camp is, is where um, he's shown the most and he uh, had a pick six in the uh in the scrimmage that nick found out about so um you know that was uh that was obviously a big play you know you got your edge pick pick six lee umami <laughs> you're welcome I like internet i like it um that was definitely the type of play that a guy in a number one jersey uh needs to be making so i i think that he's gonna be making a lot of plays for four this year so those are my two picks um i think if uh those guys have great years for Florida, then um, they're going to have a chance to get some wins this season. Um, before we get to our next topic, I want to give a shout out to my perfect franchise. Uh, if you're ready to leave the rat race for the American dream or looking for a side hustle while working your current job or just wanting to diversify, build wealth and or leave a legacy, Andy can help. Andy is a franchise consultant as well as a franchise owner and helps people find franchises that fit their skill sets, financial requirements, time to commit, and more. His services are 100% free, and he's here to help if you have any questions about business ownership. You can learn more and contact Andy anytime at myperfectfranchise.net or calling or texting him at 404-973-9901. We are sticking with our offensive and defensive themes for our superlatives and now going with some breakout players uh, on offense and defense. I'll uh, let myself and Nick maybe uh, sneak away with uh, an extra player or two, but we'll try to stick to one guy maybe uh, on offense and defense. Uh, I'll take the, I'll start this one first. Um, you know, since, since Nick went first last time. Um, oof. On, on offense, man, I, I gotta go. I, I gotta say it. Uh, Arliss Boardingham. I think that he is um, he is my candidate for breakout player, and you know where he ranks in Florida's receiving totals in terms of where you know how many catches he has versus some of the receivers. I don't know where he'll rank, but he is going to be used, uh, and at, at some point he might even start this year at tight end. Definitely, he's going to be that Y option that they have, um, and I think it's going to be a mismatch. He's going to find uh, himself on the field, and I think probably be you know, one of the go-to targets for Graham in the red zone on third down. Um, so I like him kind of emerging this year at that tight end spot where the Gators have a lot of players. They've got a lot of um, veteran guys and, and guys that can do uh, a lot of the assignments well. But one thing that maybe they don't bring that he does is that, uh, you know, pass catching aspect and being a weapon there. So I'm looking for Boardingham on defense. I've already mentioned him, but I'm going to go Tyreek Sapp. Uh, I, I think that Tyreek is going to have a chance to to maybe have a lot more of an impact than he would have had on the interior of the defensive line. Um, I think that he would have played no matter what, but now he's likely to start, even though they're going to use a lot of guys there at that you know defensive end F spot. Um, but I think he's a guy that is going to thrive with that opportunity. As Nick knows, he played edge, you know, defensive end at St. Thomas Aquinas. That would, you know, that's where his home is. 
Um, that's where he racked up all these offers and became a top 100 recruit. So I think he's got the potential um, to really have a nice season there. Um, you know, he's not, you know, I don't think that he's um, maybe got the same uh, off the edge as like a Justice Boone or, or some of the other defensive ends that they have. Maybe won't be their guy that's, you know, the pass rushing uh, option. But I think that when he's in there, he's going to be making a lot of plays and causing a lot of havoc. And as he said, being one of the fire starters uh, on defense, which is what they need. So um, I'll go Tyreek Sapp on defense. Give me that. I need you. I need that. Uh, I'm post. I need you that Lil Wayne lighter flick when you say that. One of those fire starters. <laughs> That's right, baby. You knew the heat was coming when, when you put on a Lil Wayne <laughs> track back in high school and you heard that that lighter flick to start. That's Tyreek Sapp. I like those, I like those picks for you, Zach. I'm going to go with – uh, on offense, I think it could be Damian George um, from based on what we've heard about him, but that's not a position that will get fans excited. Uh, Cole, Cole, Cole Kubik might get excited it, watching it'll him. Get, it'll, yeah, yeah. Talking offensive line play will get Cole's blood running, but uh, I just want to mention him as a guy who I think, one, can play really well, but two, Florida needs him to play really well, especially with uh, the depth concerns I have, and I'm sure that they have, despite what they'll say publicly, the concerns I'm sure they have with their depth on the offensive line, but I'm going to go with Caleb Douglas, um, sophomore receiver played, like uh, played quarterback in high school. When you look at Florida's wide receiver room. Um, and I wrote about this a little bit, uh, on Monday, uh, you've got Ricky Pearsall, you know what he is. Uh, and then after that, you don't know what you have in that room. Any of the guys, I, I they get, they talked highly about Marcus Burke. Um, I don't know what he, what he'll be. Um, we talk really highly about the three freshmen in Mizell, Trey, um, and Andy Jean. We don't know what they'll be at this level, especially as freshmen. We think that they're going to be good, but we just don't know. Uh, and, and again, we don't know with Caleb Douglas, but I think he's the second best receiver on the team right now after Pearsall. Um, Agreed. Jaquavion Frazier has been on the team for three years, uh, but I haven't seen Baby J do anything. Uh, I've seen him do as much as his number. Um, not saying uh, he hold, can't. On, hold on, hold on, hold on. He's got a, he's got a couple Texas touchdowns. Texas A&M, my man made a, my he's, man made a, my man made, made a nice great catch. Great catch, great catch, great catch with a with a uh, broken shoulder at the time. Um, need more of that think, though. Yeah, but I think Caleb Douglas gives Florida uh, a a true threat. I think he's got great size, great speed. I think he goes up and gets the ball really well. Um, and he did that biggest, in the Texas A&M game too, man. He went he did. snag that ball. The, the uh, biggest thing with him will be the position you play is called receiver. We've had some dropsies, uh, a little case of the dropsies. Need the doctor to give you a prescription for that. Um, but I think if he can hold on to the football, I think he's a guy who will look back at the end of the year and say, hey, he had a breakout season and we'll be looking towards 2024 as, okay, now I'm excited to see what Caleb Douglas can be two full years at receiver at Florida. Um, but I think this is a, a breakout candidate for sure. And then on the defensive side of the ball, easy. You left him for me. Shamar James played in all 13 games last year, started four. He's a guy who's going to start all 13 games for the Gators. Um, he looks the part. Shamar has added a ton of good weight. Uh, and, and I think he's also still able to run, dealing with a little bit of a knee injury. It wasn't serious, didn't need surgery. If you can keep that healthy all year, Shamar James is going to be the guy that you're going to be putting on the tight ends that are mismatches. He can cover, uh, you know, 
a Brant Keithy. He can cover some of those bigger tight ends, you know, guys that you'll see at Florida State and uh, Mason Taylor at LSU. I, th- I think I feel comfortable with Shamar in coverage. So, Shamar, I picked two linebackers. I guess you can tell I'm excited about the Gators linebacker yeah. room. Um, but I think Shamar and Caleb Douglas are, are two guys that are primed to break out for Florida this year. I love it. And one thing I would say about Douglas, too, that's important to note, and you wrote about it, I wrote about it, uh, you mentioned it when you when you opened, but this is a guy who did not start playing receiver until his junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. So his freshman year, when he was having those dropsies, has his third year ever playing receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, so he gets a little bit of a pass. Um, yeah. He won't get a pass this year. But, uh, I, you know, from what we've seen uh, in the spring and the fall, it, I mean, he doesn't hadn't seem like it's been an issue. In Something that I think is really interesting that he said, and, and I think, you know, there's a lot of guys who played cornerback and now play receiver, or maybe the other way around. You, you typically, if you're a good receiver, uh, you don't switch to cornerback. Cornerbacks uh, are pretty much receivers that have a case of the dropsies. Um but I think something that we don't see a ton of are quarterbacks going to wide receiver. Um, but talking to Caleb about it, he's like, I, I have, I still have that quarterback mentality. I know, Hey, based on this coverage, I would like myself to run this route a little deeper, or I'd run, I'd like to run my, I'd like to throw to myself running this route a little more shallow. And I think he has a quarterback mindset that helps him when he's running his routes and mm. when he's seeing how defenses are lined up and how defenses are adjusting to the Gators as they, as games go on. That's great. And yeah, he did. That was one of his first answers that he talked about uh, when he met with us in fall camp. So uh, excited to see what he can do. Um, anytime a guy gets awarded a single digit, my, 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 my antennas go up. Billy might not put stock into that, but we do here at Gator at the Gators online. <laughs> we do. So. If it, I mean, I right saw, now, Jamarcus Weston is wearing 82 playing inside linebacker. My goodness, that's egregious. Egregious. <laughs> I, I will note that two of our picks for breakout candidates, Arliss Boardingham and Caleb Douglas on offense, both switched to single-digit numbers this season. So Follow the single-digit jerseys, baby. <laughs> follow the single-digit jerseys. That is right. Um, before we get to uh, our, our top freshman and from fall camp, I uh, want to give a shout out to uh, Prairie Dental Center. Uh, the doctor is a UF grad who's practiced in Gainesville for three decades and has developed a deep understanding of how to diagnose and treat various dental problems, along with advanced skills and knowledge to provide more effective and efficient care to his patients. If you're having dental concerns or just need a cleaning, Prairie Dental Center offers a wide range of personalized care options to meet your individual needs. Give their office a call at 352-373-3431. Tell them Gators Online sent you, and your new patient exam will be free. And the Gators got some new players uh, on the roster from from their 2023 class, although just four that joined it um, from the high school ranks Mm -hmm. for fall camp because they had 17 enrollees uh, in the spring. Uh, So we got to see some of these guys then. But uh, now we've, we've got another... Uh, 15 practices under their belt that we've got to learn a little bit more about these guys. Um, Nick, who are your top freshmen from Florida's class that, you know, you are that you've seen and have been impressed with and are expecting to make an impact this season. You know, you can go two or three guys, offense, defense, 
I won't hold you to any uh, any parameters. Okay, cool. I'm going to take all three freshman wide receivers <laughs> uh, after after the glowing report I just gave about the wide receiver room. I don't think that this is a surprise. I think for my money, based on what we've heard and what we've seen, Aiden Mizell has probably made the most number of plays um, in terms of getting open, getting behind the defense. I think that's no surprise when you when you hear about his use my Billy Napier voice, verified speed. Um, and then I think Eugene Wilson is a guy you're going to see returning punts, potentially returning kicks. And then if you slide Ricky Pearsall outside, no disrespect to Ty Bowman, I'm putting 21 in the slot. Um, and then Andy Jean, I've already said, I think he's a mixture of like Antonio Callaway and Van Jefferson, a super professional route runner. Um, just need to get him up to speed and get him ready. I think, Florida's wide receiver room is ripe for somebody to take over or for mm. a couple of players to take over. And these freshmen will be in the mix this year. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I don't know how much Jakeem Jackson will play. I think he does, but you have such a deep room there. I'm going to pick on a, one of the rooms I think is the weakest on the team at safety. I think Jordan Castell can and should play. You've given, you've given a bunch of guys like you brought, First off, you had to move a receiver to the room in the spring just to get the numbers right. Uh, that experiment has now moved that receiver to linebacker. Um, I think you bring R.J. Moten in to give you experience and a yeah. veteran in the room, but he hasn't taken a starting job yet. I don't know that Kamari Wilson has sharpied his name in as a starter yet, and I've, and I've seen Miguel Mitchell get run over by running backs. You don't need your safety as their last line of defense getting run over, and I think tackling is going to be a big issue for the Gator safeties this year. Jordan Castell has taken advantage of that. He walked in in the spring, started playing well, probably looked around and went, yep, door's open. We're not redshirting this year. So I think Jordan Castell is primed to, at some point this year, if he can make some plays and and stay healthy and regularly get into games, which he will early on, I think he's a guy who I could see starting at safety for Florida at some point this season. I love it. I love it. Um, I like, you know, I like that pick because he's a guy that I've been high on. But although I will say, uh, he was. We did a, sh- uh, an, an, a video earlier this week on our YouTube channel, and he was a guy that I picked as my biggest surprise because I thought that he would play and be in the rotation. What I didn't think would, would he was that he would step in and be able to start. Uh, and if there was a freshman in the secondary that I would pick. To start as a true freshman, he might be the guy. Um, you know, Jakeem Jackson and Dijon Johnson, I think, are both going to get plenty of reps in the rotation. Um, on defense, though, I'll go – the guy I want to highlight the most um, would, would be Kelby Collins. You know, I, I think that he already was going to play as a freshman, as Justice Boone's backup, and then the injury to Justice happened and um, – you know, I, I don't think that they wanted to just move Kelby up like that and, you know, ask him to start right out of the gate as a true freshman. But I do think at some point he's going to get those opportunities with the starting defense. He's going to play at that defensive end F spot, and you're going to see him a lot. Uh, you know, Tyreek Sapp has moved over and will probably start there. So now he goes from Boone's backup to Sapp's backup. But I will say that one guy also there as a true freshman that because of Boone's injury is going to be able to play more in the rotation is Cameron James. When Billy Napier on Saturday was asked 
to uh, name players who had uh, the words that he was asked taken leaps in fall camp. The first guy that he named was Cameron James. Um, and this is a guy that I thought early on in camp, just looking at the depth at that position, might be a redshirt candidate um, just because of how well Kelby had played. And I thought he was a little bit ahead of him. But the way that Billy talks about both of them, they're clearly both going to play as freshmen uh, now that Boone's out. So um, I, I'm I'm looking for those two guys, but specifically Collins, who was Florida's highest rated recruit, um, to really make an impact. Uh, and then on the offensive side of the ball, mm, hmm. so your guys, you did, you you did. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm I'm tempted to pick Najee Harris. Uh, because I think that he's going to play, and I think that he'll get some opportunities. But because with, because of the injury Cam to Cam Carroll, I got to go Trayon Webb, man. Um, I really think that you know every time that we've seen him get opportunities with our own eyes, he's impressed. He ran for 53 yards in the spring game. He ran over Mikael Mitchell, as Nick just alluded to in the open practice that we saw. Um, and again, we're not trying to pick on Miguel Mitchell. I'm sure Miguel Mitchell lays out several people. Um, but Trayon Webb has shown the ability when he gets opportunities to make plays already at this level as a true freshman. And um, maybe, again, another guy that potentially could have been a redshirt candidate because of how well Cam Carroll was playing. But now that Cam is out for the season, um, I think that Trayon's a little bit ahead of uh, Jacoby Jackson in terms of that rotation. So I think that he's going to be running back three, and um, you're going to see him get some opportunities to spell uh, Montrell Johnson and Trevor Etienne. And uh, I think when he gets in the game, he's going to make some plays his first year. Nothing against Jacoby. Um, I've just been told he's just not ready yet from a physical standpoint, from a mental standpoint in the playbook. I think truly, I don't know that you would have redshirted Trayon Webb. I don't know. What good it does, if, if a running back is good enough, they're not going to be in college for four years. You see yeah. the way the NFL treats running backs. They don't even pay the best running backs in the league anymore. <laughs> um, so you want to get to the NFL with as little tread on your tires as you can. That does not mean staying in college for four and five years. If you're good enough to go to the NFL after three, you are you need to do that at this point. I don't know that you would have redshirted Trayon, um, but he was certainly running fourth in terms of getting carries behind Montrell, Trevor, and Cam. Now he's certainly third. I think he's going to play on special teams, on kickoff, and on punt cover. Um, but this is a guy who now is going to be in the mix. And I, and I honestly think that the Montrell and Trevor will probably carry the ball, in terms of Florida's carries, 70%. And that I'll include yeah. that with receivers running the ball, other running backs, the quarterback scrambling. I think 70% is a, a solid number for just those two running backs to, to kind of carry the load. But now that number, which maybe was only going to be 60%, giving Cam his his share of carries, Yeah, I think Trayon Webb's the guy that fills in a good portion of that other 30%. Yeah, and he probably won't get as many carries as Cam would have got, but the carries that were going to go to cam are now going to him and the way that this offense operates and the way that florida uses its running backs they're just not going to go with two through entire games um you're going to see Trayon on the field and, and, and he's going to play um 
as we switch gears to most improved players on the on the roster, guys that have you know made really big strides. Uh, you know, we we mentioned I mentioned uh, Cameron James as a as a freshman that Billy had named, um, but going on most improved players, I, you know, I'll, I'll start this one on defense. I, I got to go with Jack Pyburn, man. He is a guy that has really. I think taking a huge step in his, you know, first full off season. I can't remember if he was an early enrollee. I think he was, but this is now his second year in the program. Uh, he's getting a huge opportunity now um, because of the injury to Justice Boone. I think that he's going to kind of fill in at that defensive end spot at times when they need to rush the passer and they need an obvious guy that can get after it. Um, he's going to be able to make some plays. He's going to be Princely Umanmi Ellen's backup as well at that outside linebacker spot, but. This is a guy who has lived in the weight room since he was in high school, woke up at 4 a.m., I think, no, 3.45 every day, every day, every single day to work out at 4 a.m. for our 4.40, I think, to 7 a.m. was his workout schedule. Um, Drank two gallons of water every day since he was 15. So that's kind of – and he was a wrestler. He was a wrestler. Lived in the weight room, 4 a.m. workouts, was a wrestler. He comes to the University of Florida. They ask him, and then by oh, and by the way, he'd been a straight middle linebacker. I mean, he played some edge in high school, but he was the middle linebacker. And now they come to Florida and they're asking him to bend and flexible and do all these things. And he's, you know, stiff as in his words, was stiff at uh, and what does he do? Yin yoga. <laughs> Three times a week. Thanks to Mike Peterson uh, and his words of advice, also took up some jump roping. And now uh, Jack Pyburn says that he is a completely different player. Uh, his bend off the edge uh, is much improved. And um, I think that that he's a guy that that's going to play a lot this year and um, will look a lot better than folks that saw him on the field as a true freshman. And then uh, on the offensive side of the ball, most improved players. I mean, you 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 name some guys. I I would say Marcus Burke, man. I I think that he's, um, you know, at, at some point his story will get told, uh, and and hopefully I can tell it. Or, uh, but, you know, where he has, how far he's come from where he was when Billy first got here, and, um, I mean the guy was on thin ice. Let's <laughs> just put it like that. And uh, he has done a complete one eighty in terms of you know, who he is as a person, how he's kind of respected in the locker room. He's actually become a leader and um, is a guy that is, is, is goes out of his way to help his teammates. I kind of documented that um, in, in the story that I got to tell from uh, Florida's workout that I covered in the summer. But, uh, and then on the field, he's making plays. Everybody saw um, that incredible catch that he had in the spring game behind the back going backwards on the sideline that was ridiculous and then we got to see in the open practice he made several plays as well um and then he also his uh had a lot of catches in the scrimmage i i think that he's probably wide receiver four going into the season um now that depth chart will probably maybe potentially shake up throughout the year because of those freshmen getting more and more playing time but i think that right now he's um He's right there in that rotation and, and has really improved his stock over the past year. I like that. I think the 
what I need to see from Marcus Burke, what got him into hot water was his attitude. And, and if you're not getting those, those snaps early, if you're not making plays early, do you fall back into that? Uh, you're not going to get on the field by pouting. Do you pout if you're not making plays against Utah? If you're not on that too deep, that will release the week of Utah. Um, I think, I hope he learned that pouting isn't going to get you back on the field. Um, it's not with this coaching staff at least, um, but he has all the ability. And that's what probably will make it frustrating for fans if he's not on the field and contributing this year. Cause you see flashes of brilliance with Marcus Burke. Um, for me, I'll start with offense and, and I'll go with a guy who I don't know if I'm sold on it. This is coming information coming down from the top at Florida. Um, but I'll go with, with Jake Slaughter. Um, when I look at Florida's offensive line, Rob sale told me that they, they trust eight or nine guys. And I'm like, I don't know. Um, but Jake Slaughter is one of those guys. And with Kingsley Aguakin out for the second spring, Slaughter was the guy that got the start at center. So I think he's a guy who's super versatile for Florida. You don't have, it's not Madden. It's not NCAA 24. <laughs> whenever that comes out, if the left tackle goes down, I think Damian George slides over to left tackle and Lindell Hudson goes to right tackle. If, if, if the center goes down, like Jake Slaughter can go in, but you don't have a true too deep. You'll, you'll get a too deep from the, from the coaching staff, but it's not a true too deep. And you're gonna have to shuffle guys around. I think Jake Slaughter is a guy who they would trust if the left guard went down. I think Jake Slaughter might slide in even ahead of Najee Harris at left guard. If the right guard goes down, Jake Slaughter slides over and he plays right guard. If Kingsley goes down, he's playing center. So this is a guy who's been on campus. I think this is his third year. The coaching staff trusts him. Uh, so it doesn't matter what this idiot thinks from what he's seen. The coaching staff trusts Jake Slaughter to play, and he's a guy who I think is the backup, despite what the two depth two deep says. I think he's the backup at all three interior positions. So obviously a most uh one of the a candidate for the most improved player when you consider that he's played primarily on special teams for two seasons. And now you're at a backup uh at three spots. So that's a huge, huge role for him. I think most improved on defense. I, there's a couple candidates. I'll go with uh Tyreek Sapp. I think Tyreek Sapp is a guy who has played a little bit. It's been tough, though, and it's going to be tough this year. I know fans were like, wow, Tyreek Sapp will just slide over to edge, and he'll be fine. I'm like, that's what he was. Yeah, He's not that anymore. He that was my that like, was my question to Billy in the press conference was, this guy's been trying to bulk up for two years. How does You've asked him I, to bulk up. Yeah. Two coaching staffs, two separate coaching staffs. Like, hey, man, we need you to play defensive tackle. He's like, yeah, but I, I, I'm really good at getting after the quarterback, and I weigh 230 pounds, not really a defensive tackle. They're like, well. You got to bulk up. And, and now he's at 270, and he's done it the right way. It's taken time. He's done it slowly. He doesn't look like a slob. Yeah, like, great. listen, I've gained 30 pounds since college, and, and it doesn't look it doesn't look, it doesn't look the it same look like as Tyreek Sapp. Sapp gaining 30 <laughs> pounds. So he's done it the right way, but you're lose, You're going to lose flexibility. You're going to lose um, speed. You're going to lose stamina. And, and he's done that for the team. And now the team is asking him, hey, we need you to slide over the F spot. We need you to play defensive end again, which he probably loves, mm -hmm. but he's not the same player. He doesn't have the same explosiveness or the same speed. Now, listen, this is my St. Thomas brother, uh, so I will not put it past him. When he was asked to gain weight to play something, he did it the right way. 
He's going to be asked to do something different this year, uh, and I think he'll do that. But Tyreek Sapp, we don't talk about him enough, uh, and I think he's going to be a huge impact player and needs to be a huge impact player for Florida this year. No doubt. We got one more uh, superlative to get into. Uh, but before we do that, I want to encourage all Florida fans to go check out RogueShop.com. If you have issues sleeping, chronic pain, and or anxiety and stress, Rogue Shop sells CBD, THC, edibles, smokables, and vapes, as well as handcrafted bath salts, soaps, candles, massage oils, pain creams, and topicals. Rogue Shop is a true small business. They have five employees and make all of their products with their own cannabis grown in their manufacturing facility. Visit RogueShop.com. That's R-O-G-U-E shop.com. And we're going to uh, save the last one. Um, not necessarily on a high note, uh, oh, but no. we can't just give all positives here. Um, you know, I think if uh, we were to ask Billy for some superlatives, this would probably be the first thing on his on his list because he's always looking to get better. Um but biggest area of concern uh, that can be offense, that can be defense, that could be depth, that could be a position. Um, what you got, Nick? Um, safety. Um, <laughs> safety. Um, I don't know that you have dudes in that room. Uh, and I know fans will say, well, so-and-so is a four, a four star. This is a five star. This guy's this and that. I just haven't seen it. We haven't heard positive news. Um, not that we've heard to- tons of negative news, but we haven't heard positive updates about the safety room. Um, and then the one that's a huge concern for me is offensive line depth. I kind of just went into that about when I was talking about Jake Slaughter. I don't know that you have nine guys um, that Florida will trust or that will produce at the level of the five starters. If someone goes down and you can say, well, you're already predicting injuries. I'm not predicting it. Uh, Everyone outside of Damian George and and Austin and Austin Barber have been injured at some point. Florida's offensive line has been in and out of black jerseys all fall and spring. It's a position where you're constantly smashing your head against other 300 pounders on the defensive line in a position that it's easy just to get rolled up on. The running back running behind you gets tackled, rolls up on your ankle. Now you have a high ankle sprain. Can you play through that? Uh, you get rolled up on your knees, your knee sprains, you tear a knee ligament. It's a, it's a position where you need depth because it's so easy to get dinged up and to get hurt. And Florida just doesn't have that depth, in my opinion, right now. And the only way you're going to get it is by getting guys playing time. I think Najee Harris is a candidate to get more playing time. Jordan Herman's a candidate to get some more playing time. But Florida just doesn't have that depth built in right now. I think they've recruited well. But Billy Napier even said it. He's like, there's some positions where we're going to have to go through some growing pains. And I think offensive line and safety are what was at the front of Billy Napier's mind when he said, we're going to have to go through some growing pains. And those aren't positions you want to have to go through growing pains in a season. No doubt. And, um, you know, you, you, you kind of just alluded to it, Nick, but that's where, that's where I'm going to go because, um, my biggest cause for concern with Florida isn't necessarily a, a, a concern or, I mean, you, it can be looked at as a positive. Um, and so this is why, this is why I'm negative Nick and, and you're, you're positive Zach. We got to figure out a name for you and that's Bad cop, good cop. And that's, um, you know, the biggest concern is how young Florida is. 
Um, and, and maybe more specifically, how many young players they're going to be counting on. Um, now, for a lot of fans, they probably like that because <laughs> that means that they're counting on Napier players and, and a lot of Mullen guys are gone. And we know how much this roster has turned over. I put out my depth chart projection this week um, and had a lot of freshmen in it and had a lot of uh, newcomers that were transfers as well. But the transfers, I think their transition uh, to Florida goes a lot easier and smoothly. Um, you know, they got to get acclimated, obviously, but they played at the college level. Um, it, it's different when you're relying on a freshman like a Najee Harris, like a Kelby Collins. Um, a lot of the guys in the secondary, I think that they're going to rely on. As Napier said, because of that, they're going to be growing pains. Um, there's going to be some, you know, things that they just have to deal with uh, because they're playing so many young guys and so many freshmen and also so many second-year players as well. You know, redshirt freshmen, sophomore guys. You know, Shamar James is going to be your starting middle linebacker. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that they've done a good job of upgrading the roster, of building more depth, of creating competition, but they're still young. Their two deep is made up of a lot of rookies, and uh, it's going to take time for some of those guys to settle in, I think. Um, but, you know, at the same time, there's a lot of ability there. And, you know, these guys have played well, – many of these guys have played football their whole lives. And, you know, once they get used to the speed of the SEC and they get their feet wet after a few games, um, I think that that's going to start to shine. But uh, it might be a little tough sledding early on. And – Let's get. Uh, let me let me get this out. I can see this happening. Um, I I mean, there's like 70 of the 110, 115 guys on the roster. Like 70 of them, approximately, um, are Billy Napier guys. Whether that's transfer portal or the the two recruiting classes. So it's not a complete roster overhaul, but it's a pretty decent sized roster overhaul. Yeah. In the in our opinion, I think I'll speak for you. Most of the best players on this team are from the portal or redshirt freshmen, sophomores, true freshmen. True freshmen. Yeah. Agreed. So if Florida's six and four heading into Missouri, like don't be yelling that this team stinks, this guy can't recruit. Like you're going to go through growing pains when you're relying on sophomores, freshmen, redshirt freshmen. And I think that's just a reality of the schedule, how difficult the schedule is, specifically from Georgia to the end um, and and how we view this team. And, and hopefully you get to a point, you know, at some point in the year, Billy Napier will say, well, these guys aren't freshmen. They've played in X number of snaps. He is unbelievable the way he remembers, like, how many snaps guys have played. He's yeah. rattled off, you know, 2,500-plus snaps for Graham Mertz, more than 1,300 snaps for Mike and Mazuka. Um, at some point, these freshmen will have, triple digit snaps in the season and they won't be considered freshmen anymore in his mind and they'll need to start progressing, but it's going to be a young roster. The guys you're going to be depending on to make plays and to be starters at some point are going to be those younger guys. And it's going to cause freshman mistakes, mental lapses, um, for assignments. assignments. Yeah. It's going to happen this year. Uh, and I think what we didn't realize when Billy Napier came down uh, and got to Florida was that, listen, this wasn't, you know, a fixer upper. This wasn't that show on A&E or travel, whatever, whatever 
home network, whatever it is, where you come in and you take down some wallpaper and you splash some new paint on it. This roster mm. needed a bulldozer and he took it down to the foundation. And that's going to take two, three, four years to recruit both in the transfer portal and in, in the ranks of the recruiting and then get those guys um, the experience to, to, to be great. Um, I think we forget that like Kirby smart's been at Georgia. I think this will be his seventh year. It took him five years to win um, at the rate that he was winning uh, lost to Dan Mullen uh, in Georgia uh, or in Jacksonville. Um, or wait, did he not lose? Did Dan beat Georgia? Absolutely beat him. Oh yeah. Beat okay. Kyle um, Trask, Kyle Pitts, baby. Oh, 2020. What a year. What a year. Um, gosh, that year was fun. Uh, other than the, other than the mass, my goodness. Um, and, and it took Nick Saban a while to get Alabama running. And then I think at those two programs right now are at the point where, you know, when you look at like Tim Walton and softball, and when you look at, um, Kevin O'Sullivan and baseball, uh, the machine sort of runs itself. And I think Florida and Georgia or Georgia and Alabama have gotten to that point. Florida's not there yet. You know, they've, uh, the foundation didn't have cracks, but they, they we just put up the walls. You can still <laughs> see through the house. You're still in a, a big construction phase in terms of building the program. And I think everybody would agree that when Florida should be in position to contend for a SEC championship and a college football playoff appearance, will be in year will be in 26? year four. M- maybe maybe. I don't think year three, but maybe, I mean, maybe year four. But all these guys that we're talking about as sophomores, redshirt freshmen, true freshmen are all mm-hmm. going to be juniors and redshirt juniors and seniors at that point. So, um, you know, it, it, it takes time, but, you know, they, they are flipping the roster. Uh, there, there's going to be some growing pains. Uh, but if they've upgraded some of these spots, you know, sometimes the cream rises to the top and these guys just make plays. Um, I think I think realistically you're looking at competing for an SEC championship. You're looking at 25. Yep, uh, DJ Lagway's soft, second sophomore, year on campus. With a sophomore, a redshirt freshman, DJ Lagway. Agreed. Agreed. And then a lot of these guys that are about to play through this gauntlet of a 2023 and the 2024 schedule um, and be very experienced – they will be battle tested by 25. I mean, my goodness, that 24 schedule is just a nightmare. Great to sell tickets, but a nightmare to game plan and schedule for. I mean, literally ran Austin Simmons away. Looks <laughs> <laughs> like not doing it, not coming to play here. Um, but we yeah, are maybe. looking forward to it, not only the 2024 season, but the 2023 season, uh, which kicks off. August 31st in Salt Lake City, the rematch between the Ute? Gators and the Utes. What is a Ute? Uh, it's uh, one of the tribes from Utah. It just sounds okay. funny. Shout out to them. Um, the Urban Meyer them. Bowl, part two. That's right. Um, you know what's crazy? What's crazy? Kyle, Kyle Whittingham replaced Urban Meyer. At Utah. It's- Florida has gone through. Muschamp, McElwain, Mullen, and now Napier. All of Kyle Whittingham has just been cruising, chilling. I I listened to one of his press conferences today, and I was like, that's a guy who's been there 15 years. He doesn't say anything. And the people around (laughs) him are just like, this is what we deal with. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, that's – 
I tell you what, though, if uh, Billy can go up there and uh, get another dub against uh, Mr. Whittingham, that would be nice feather in his cap. And I'm sure the Utah hey. folks would not be happy about that. Going out west, catching dubs. That's what the Gators want. Um, as it says down below, though, uh, be sure be sure to like and subscribe. The like does a ton for us uh, on YouTube. Gets us in the algorithm. Uh, helps us helps us have this channel grow. Uh, and you can tell Zach and I love uh, chopping it up here with each other. So like, subscribe, hit that share button, uh, send it to your mom. Yeah, and then look forward to next week, folks, because we'll have another show Tuesday, just like this, sitting in our homes. And then we will have a bunch of videos uh, on the road. <laughs> Let's just say that. Um, looking forward to uh, making that trip to Utah. We'll be getting out there on Tuesday. And um, a lot of coverage that we're going to be providing you guys at Gators Online. So don't only just like and subscribe, but head over there and uh, join our site. You can get in the door for just a dollar and read all of our preview coverage, all of our game coverage, post game, uh, and then all the recruiting content that Nick and Corey churn out. So, Nick. Next time we do this, man, we're previewing a game. Yeah, buddy. We made <laughs> it through the desert, the off-season desert. Um, and, uh, you know, at some point we'll return uh, some baseball updates uh, for the last five minutes of the show. But not, <laughs> not until December, at least, at the earliest. Don't worry, Perry. We won't forget about you, bud. No. <laughs> so uh, we'll look forward to uh, next week. Make, make sure you guys stay locked to Gators Online. For Nick Del Torre, I'm Zach Albert.